Let's talk to interesting people. Let's talk about the process of seeing things differently. Let's talk about the craft of molding truth and fiction together to arrive at something new and exciting. And let's have fun while doing it. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast. Hello and welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, where we talk to talented creative people about where all that creativity comes from. I'm your host, Patrick Boggs. Across the table from me is our co-host, Norbert Yates. How's it going tonight, Norbert? It's going great. I'm looking forward to talking to a friend of the broadcast. Absolutely. I'm really pleased to introduce our guest for this evening. When we started the podcast, we decided that we wouldn't repeat a guest for the first year. I felt great about this decision, except I knew that as soon as that first year passed, I was going to get this guy back on the show. He's a writer, director, actor, and producer. He has written for Cinema Fantastique. I did it again in a year, and I just never got better. Cinema Fantastique, Starlog Magazine. He has also interviewed some of the biggest names in writing and cinema. And I'll go out on a limb and say... He's a friend of the show. Welcome again to Gary Wood. Hey, Gary. How the heck are you? What's up, Patrick? Norbert? <laughs> What's up, man? Yeah, you just butcher Cinefantastique every time. Every you? time, man. I, 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 I won't get those residual <laughs> checks now, I guess. I don't know. Poor, poor Fred. He's rolling over in his grave right now, although <laughs> he's named the magazine. <laughs> so, Fred who? Fred Clark was the, uh, he was the publisher and creator of Cinefantastique and uh, yeah, he passed away in the nineties. I think it's been a while. Yeah, so that's why you don't see Cinefantastic anymore. It's on the uh, it's online. Some guy bought it, but it doesn't it doesn't really have much of a presence anymore, unfortunately. And they they changed the name to CFQ, like KFC only. <laughs> Cinefantastic. <laughs> well, you know, if, so, you, if you had a better name to begin with, I think it'd still be rolling. Yeah. But you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, but man, hey, thanks. I'm so I'm am I I'm your like first repeat guest. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted you to be the first um, because you know I wanted to announce that this is the last one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's been a year. What's been going on? Man, it doesn't seem like a year, but you know, well, you know, we're still chasing the dream. We're still ninety percent there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always like it's always right over the horizon, right there. I can see it. But, uh, you know, so, yeah. So, but I think the, the main thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, which I'm excited about, is that, you know, Saving Star Wars, which was the first movie we made, which I believe you were in, right, Patrick? I was never that, in it. You, oh, my, you weren't in it? Oh, in but, my, it was, my heart was in it, but, you know, I wasn't in okay. the movie. But you did host a showing, I know, of it. At, yes, uh, I did. That's true. I remember that. And, you know, met Dave. And, and I think we had open micers there, too, with Cindy Morgan. She was there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but anyway, so what we're going to do... Wait, stop for Star just a second. I just want everybody yeah. to know who this Dave you're talking about. Oh, Dave yeah, yeah. Krause. <laughs> This was the Darth Vader. I mean, this guy was the one of the coolest celebrities I've ever met in my life. Such a down-to-earth, nice guy. So, yeah, and you know what? I want to talk about Dave for a minute, if you don't mind. Because no, sure. he, in the last decade, he's really gotten a, a bad rap. Because, you know, and, and he passed away just this last year. He passed away in 2000, gosh, I think it was this year. I think it was 2021. Might have been late 2020, but he passed away. He was in his 70s. And, you know, he did some amazing things, not just Star Wars, but he he cut down uh, child related road deaths in the UK. He was he came over and was Ronald Reagan's uh, ambassador to the UK for physical fitness. Uh, you know, he trained Christopher Reeves for Superman. You know, skinny Christopher Reeves. Just he just did a lot of things. And he just caught so much hell, not just from fans, but from Lucas, you know. 
I mean, if you watch like the making of Star Wars thing, there's just one guy, and I don't even know who he is, but he's just making fun of Dave, uh, you know, who was mouth, who was had to mouth the dialogue, you know, in in the mask, and he used it's his voice, you know, and he said, "Well, I don't really have a villain's voice," <laughs> you know, um, so he he understood, you know, that, but it still hurt that they didn't tell him that they were were doing it, you know. So, but they're just they just really kind of maligned him, and they blackballed him from all of the conventions because he was so pop you know um kind of like uh rupert from survivor you know i know rupert and they brought rupert back onto survivor and they told him they said like nobody's bigger than survivor and rupert was and so they brought him back on and rupert said they really kind of made it so you know so they put me in my place kind of thing and that's what i think that lucas did with with dave lucas himself or or people around him or well, all of it, the whole thing. But Lucas definitely, you know, was behind it. I mean, you know, because keep in mind, Dave and and George Lucas, they worked on these films together. They weren't, it wasn't like now, you know, where you can be cast in a Star Wars movie and never meet George Lucas, you know. Uh, but they, you know, I mean, he was George Lucas's Darth Vader. He brought him to life, you know, his physical, his physical attributes, you know, wasn't just wearing a mask and, you know, pointing. So anyways, uh, yeah, he blackballed him from all of the uh, Star Wars celebrations. He couldn't go to that. He couldn't go to the Disney Star Wars days and everything. And, you know, it really hurt Dave. It was just, you know, he, he loved Darth Vader. He loved Star Wars. He was the best ambassador that Star Wars could have had. And he'd never been to, to Skywalker Ranch. He really wanted to go to Skywalker Ranch to see it because he helped build the place, right? Yeah. And so he just never got an invite. And, and so I just felt really, and, and there were some things then that came out too. And Dave being 70, you know, coming from the old school, my dad's the same way. You know, it's, you don't always say things the politically correct way, right? <laughs> and you got to go, you got to go, hey, dad, yeah, we don't say that anymore, <laughs> you know? Um, and so David had said uh, back in the seventies, this came out because he did this back in the seventies that he said that th- they went with a Negro voice. Well, back in the seventies, the word Negro was commonplace. It was on news. It was on, you know, and now people look at it down, down at it. Like you shouldn't say that word, you know, and I'm saying Negro, right? Sure. Um, yeah. and, you know, and so he got, you know, he'd be get labeled as a racist all of a sudden for something he said back in the seventies on an interview, which at the time that he said it was not a bad thing to say. So anyway, so Dave, you know, he had a rough way to go the last decade of his life. He still traveled and he still met fans and they still loved him. But I just heard a lot of grumblings when I'd say something about Dave and they go, oh, you know, he's a swing guy actually went out of his way to text me and say, you know, he's a racist, right? I'm like, "Uh, no, I don't know he's racist. He's a friend of mine. He's definitely not a racist, you know? And and I had to go on about him and I said, why do you say that? And he pointed to some stupid thing or whatever, but it was wrong. He wasn't even talking about what I just mentioned because I because Justin actually just sent that to me and Justin is a little younger than I am too and he's like he sends in, in quotes Negro voice really <laughs> yeah that's sad and, uh, yeah but it's like again this was uh, 50 years ago you know and you know that's that's what the black American African American community was called back in the 60s and the 70s you know that's what the, Walter Cronkite used the word so anyway just that I'll get off the soapbox about Dave, but I just feel really bad that, you know, he's gone now and he had, you know, I mean, my God, he was Darth Vader. Even James Earl Jones says, you know, Dave Prowse was Darth Vader. You know, his legacy got a little tainted there because of stupid people. <laughs> Basically. Did he try, yeah. did he, did he go to conventions a lot? Yeah, he did. He went to a lot of conventions. As a matter of fact, that's where I met him was at celebration. 
two. Actually, no, I didn't meet him at Celebration 2 because I couldn't get near him. And Billy D. Williams, he, he was pissed off because Dave Prowse's line was invading everyone else's line. And Billy D.'s pissed off and wanted to get moved. And they're like, you know, you need to do something about Dave's line. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, holy shit. You know, this that's again that he's the guy. He's bigger than Star Wars at that point. And from my age, you know, growing up in this, everybody knew Dave Prowse was Dave was, you know, and you looked up all the movies he had been in before and you're like, that's Dave Prowse. That's Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, so, well, he's Frankenstein, for God's sake. You know, yeah, yeah, he did absolutely. those great yeah. horror, uh, hammer horror movies, which. Yeah, he was in Clockwork Orange, which I still haven't seen. <laughs> but yeah, as a matter of fact, he signed my. uh I had him sign a, a Saving Star Wars a DVD for me, and he wrote, uh, Saving Star Wars needs more ultraviolence. <laughs> uh, well, but, and, yeah, and he, talking about the movie, and I, I, I mean, I, I love Dave, and you know, you bringing him down to, and we have the show and talking to him was just, mm-hmm. it was a highlight, it was really a highlight of my life, and just honestly, uh, was That's definitely cool. a highlight of my life. Get it? And mine too, you know, and he was just such a gracious person. He was such a generous person. You know, he didn't get paid for that showing, <laughs> you know, that yeah. there. And he's, you know, he signed uh, autographs and stuff. If you bought a, a Saving Star Wars DVD, he signed it for you and he didn't take a penny, you know. And obviously, if you wanted one of his photos that he has to pay for, you had to pay for that and everything. But yeah, he was, he was just, you know, always. And he told me that he goes, he goes, if you want whatever. If you sell them, I'll sign them. I'm like, okay, man, thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, he was great. I miss him. And, you know, I feel bad that I wasn't able, you know, him being in the UK and me being here, I feel bad that I wasn't as to be able as good a friend as I, I wanted to be to him and, and see him as often. But, you know, being a starving artist, it's hard to <laughs> hard to get over there. But I, I saw him every once in a while, different. Uh, he'd go because I'd like, I'd find out where he was going to be. And I'd say, hey, Dave, do you mind if I get to showing you Saving Star Wars there? He's like, no, go ahead. So I'd meet him at those conventions or wherever. And, and he'd sit there and sign Saving Star Wars DVDs for me, you know? So, but yeah, he was great, but he's, he's missed. And he was, he was, he's one of those bigger than life uh, people, you know, from that we don't have these days, you know, and we don't. People that are not our age don't understand, you know, going back to the, the Humphrey Bogarts and the Clark Gables and, you know, they just, they don't have those people anymore. You know? It seems like everybody wants to break people down anymore. They want to find yeah. chinks in their armor. And I, I just, I don't like that. And I don't, I don't think everybody is, uh, pure as the driven snow, but I, I think that, you know, people Nobody's aren't as, perfect. yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I did want to say that I wasn't seen, I, you know, it was at a film festival in South Bend when I got to see Saving Star Wars. Oh, and right. I, I have yeah. to say, I have to say, um, that was when we still had hope. You know, uh, it was a new hope <laughs> yeah, for yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Right. And then, I mean, that was such a, uh, the, the idea of that movie was amazing. And I, I love it. I still, there's still part, of course, you know, I've already told you last time that, you know, uh, Star Wars is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still <laughs> pizza, you know? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's so, an amazing yeah, and movie. It, 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 and it's interesting now because, you know, and one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you is because we're going to we're going to try to breathe some new life into Saving Star Wars. But I look at it and it is different now. You know, it's you're right. We we made Saving Star Wars. We shot it before episode two came out. It was seen after episode two and before episode three. It's a different Star Wars world now, you know, and this, you know, a lot of the fans are assholes and uh, <laughs> you know, it's like and for some reason, the prequels have actually gotten to be have like a better reputation i think it's because the people that saw them as kids are now adults and they're more vocal even though like people like me that saw them you know when i was in my probably i don't know 40s i guess when i saw the prequels and you know they just weren't they didn't live up to anything they didn't they weren't star wars they were not fun 
you know? No. Um, and I think I said this the last time, Star Wars is always at its best when it's just having fun. And that's where the Mandalorian comes in, you know? Why is the Mandalorian so good? Because they're just having fun. Except when they get too heavy into the whole Mandalorian crap, and that's when it starts to bog down, you know, into this is the way and the whole blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, midichlorians. Nobody, we don't, you don't have to explain <laughs> the force. It's okay. You know, we're having fun with it. Just, you know, let's just go. So Absolutely. now it's a different world. So I'm looking at our movie, Saving Star Wars. And I'm like, there's going to be like some 30-year-old people that are going to see this movie now and hate it. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, we're too hard on the prequels. So. You know, so I'm thinking about those kinds of things, too, about maybe adjusting some dialogue here and there without taking away the truth of it, you know, uh, was and, and actually Dave, this was Dave's line, I think, in the movie where he said that, you know, Star Wars initially was using technology to tell a story. And now the story is all about technology. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's the prequels, man. It's like, you know. Uh, anyway, so uh, without getting on that whole thing of bashing them, you know, they do find enough job on their own but uh yeah so saving star wars well, hopefully we get a new life my goal is to get it back to london uh louis savvy over there hopefully will have this as a premiere i haven't talked to him yet but i think he probably will because he loved saving star wars we're going to give it a new edit uh and, and actually we're going to master it this time look at that master it whoa <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't master it last time <laughs> and uh we're going to have an all new score also too so sean finney who did the score for the original one which i really like uh, um is doing a, a much more better, like actual real sounding score. So it won't sound so much like the electronic music sometimes that it sounded like, uh, you know, from the original. But uh, the biggest thing, the big, and the biggest reason why I want to do it again, though, is because I think we're going to do something that is going to be history making, his, cinematic history. Because I looked it up. The, the kid that played, the kid that was in the movie, his name uh, was uh, Scotty Heffern. He was like eight or nine in the movie. Well, he's a full-grown adult now, <laughs> right? So what we're going to do, if you recall, the movie is a, you know, it's a whole take on Saving Private Ryan. So we begin it and we end it like Saving Private Ryan. Uh, so there's an older, you know, an adult. At the beginning of the movie, you don't know who it is. At the end of the movie, you realize, oh my gosh, it's the kid from the main body of the movie. He's grown up now, you know? So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to reshoot the beginning and the end of the movie using Scotty, who's now an adult, so he's literally playing the same character, but he's an adult now, whereas in the main body of the child, he is eight years old. So we're going to have a literal 20, 20 year flashback. <laughs> That's awesome. So the actual main body of the movie will have been shot 20 years prior to the beginning and the ending of the movie, right? And that's never been done. Um, I've looked into it. The only things I can find, there's been a lot of documentaries that are shot over the course of, you know, 20, 30 years. There's been movies that shut down for money reasons. They didn't have enough money. So uh, a good example is Orson Welles' movie that was recently finished, uh, you know, that was wow. shut down. But but they no movie and, and about a boy of course was shot over what 12 years or something like yeah, that uh like but that. no movie is actually shut down not that we shut down but no movie has ever used a time gap like that where they shut down then brought the cast back and used it for a story purpose you know where it's actually the same cast 20 years later same movie you know and they're playing playing the same the same characters i just think that's not to mention too the fact that this was shot 20 years ago with 20 year old technology so the movie never was technically great you know it was kind of some poor lighting and poor sound louis savvy i use this quote a lot because uh, it makes me feel good but he said you know the content 
Uh, he said that technically it was less than 100%, but the content was under 10, under 20%. Hopefully what we can do now is, is use today's technology and just shoot the crap out of the opening and the closing shot for shot, like Saving Private Ryan, right? The whole walking up, you know, get good visuals, good sounds. There's really no dialogue, so to speak, uh, of it, but just make it look really super good. That way, when we flash back to 15 years, we're lit, you know, 15, 20 years, we're flashing back to that technology and hopefully gives an excuse for why it looks so bad. Oh, know? that's pretty cool. And gives it like a, a, a Wizard of Oz type of quality, you know, where it's like, okay, this was literally shot today and this was shot 20 years ago. We're not faking it. You know, it actually... It actually uh, was. So we're hoping that we can breathe some new life into it with that and also give it a little bit more respect in the sense that the ending and the ending in the beginning will look really, really good. And then we'll have an excuse for why the rest of it doesn't look so good. <laughs> I think that so sounds awesome. That's, that's the plan. Hopefully we're going to get that shot this summer before summer's done. Uh, it's just a matter of getting everybody together, getting some money together to pay the crew. So working on that angle as well. Anybody wants to send me money, talk to Patrick and, and, uh, he'll get it to me. That's right. Right, Patrick? And gold bars, please. <laughs> so. Untraceable bonds. Uh, we'll handle that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. uh, I'll hook you up with Gary if you're definitely in, you know, want to help with this project. Cause I have to say, I think that's amazing. I just love the idea. Now I wondered, are you going to reference any of the other movies at the end? Are you going to, is he going to talk? Yeah, I'm still working on that. I, I'm still thinking about that. I don't really know. I don't want to add too much to it, you know, sure. but I do want to maybe, uh, we want to finesse it a little bit. We still kind of need to, I mean, maybe, maybe we change the timeline and maybe it's after the, all the prequels. I don't know yet. I'm still in the writing process of that. There are some jokes that are probably dated now that I want to fix. So another thing too, which nobody has ever really noticed, I think we talked about this the last time, but that the character that I ended up playing in the movie is the big, the villain. And I only ended up playing him because I had two actors that I cast and one by one, they both fell out. They both couldn't do it. And one of them, we actually shot his first scene. So he remains in the movie. Um, and he, but he's, nobody ever really puts two and two together that it's supposed to be the same guy that I play later in the movie. Right. But it works. Nobody, you know, but I'm thinking that we might do a whole George Lucas special edition thing here and, and get me on the green screen <laughs> and replace great. me, put me in place of the other actor. And then it's totally like, I'm like George Lucas and I'm not happy with every little thing. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix it. I gotta green screen it. And we'll probably put an alien on my shoulder or something. So. <laughs> So here's what I'd like you to do. I think there's parts where there's somebody's holding a walkie-talkie in your movie. Uh, I, I want you to put guns in their hands instead. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we'll, and, and we'll get an alien on a bicycle flying right. through. There you go. Not, not to bring up any names, but I remember when I first had the idea to do Saving Star Wars, I was working with this other guy, and he, he was coming up with all kinds of ideas like that. Like, they could uh, be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, they go into hyperspace. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not the movie that I want to make. <laughs> My movie was, it's going to be in the real world, you know, and everything. And then I think they made that. I think it's called Fanboys. Oh, wait, yeah. too soon? Did I say that? <laughs> no, I, I still haven't seen Fanboys, but I'm considering it because it's on streaming now. But uh, yeah, yeah, they kind of stole some of our thunder. But, yeah, uh, I wonder if they, I, you know, you wonder if this is, if they just came up with it themselves or if they actually, somebody's seen well, your movie. And funny you should mention that, Patrick. Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> All right. I love stories. That movie was announced from Plano, Texas, where the people were from, from Plano, Texas. Right. Not probably within a year of when Saving Star Wars showed at Plano, Texas at a convention. 
So, I, you know, did it? I don't know. Did they see it and get an idea? And the ideal is it's different, but the same. And But they got the backing and they got the, you know, they got the blessings and everything. So good for them. And, you know, it's probably really good. I, I haven't seen it. But, but yeah, uh, I don't think it probably has the heart that Saving Star Wars has. But, you know, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't say. But I'll watch it one of these days. You know, I don't have any hard feelings, but it was kind of like, hmm. That's kind of a coincidence. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, and and I will say this about that movie: uh, there is heart, but it only is at the very end. I I don't. Mm. I just was like this this kind of a crazy romp kind of movie uh, right. until the very end, and then it it showed a little bit of heart. I thought. But yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not knocking it. Wasn't it horrible? Isn't, isn't it about like one of their friends is dying? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, is that right? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, same thing. You know, it's like okay, well. I mean, and they maybe they saw Saving Star and said, what if it was our friend or, or who knows? They could have had that idea well before they saw Saving Star Wars 2. If they saw, I don't know. I'm just saying sure. it's, it's a big coincidence. And like I said, they've, they've done well with it. So good for them, you know. Uh, but so, yeah. So now we want to juice up Saving Star Wars a little bit and see what happens, you know, because it's a fun movie. I just hope everybody being Star Wars fan the way it is now, it is kind of toxic. You know, that's why the great Game of Thrones guys about out. They're like, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to get in that mess. And it's kind of sad that, you know, we we lost uh, potentially of of some great movies, you know, to be able to see there, but uh, because of it. But the internet, I've always said, the internet is uh, is the best and the worst thing that ever happened to the human race. Yeah, you know, it's true. It brings out the best and the worst, and you know, there's just too many people that, you know, they, they don't conduct themselves online the way they would in real life, even though it is real life. <laughs> You know, so. But anywho, what else you want to talk about? I, I, well, I was going to say uh, on that idea, one of the things for me is that I'm getting to the point where a lot of movies when I see like uh, the they're announcing a new Predator and they're announcing this, I, I'm I'm just like, please don't. Please don't. Yeah. Please don't make that movie. Please don't make yeah, that movie. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I, I, I listened to an interview with Edgar Wright the other day and he was saying that he goes, you know, he goes, I love genre movies and I love because, but you know what? He goes, I, I think I, uh, I don't need to see another X-Men movie. He's like, I think I'm good for the rest of my life. I don't need to see one every two years. You know, he goes, I'm very good. And, and he's talking about how Hollywood now, you know, they only want to, they only want to make those movies that exist. But he's like, well, once upon a time, there was a movie called Star Wars. That was a new movie. You know, there was a movie called Alien. That was a new movie. All the Matrix, you know, all these things, they started out as original ideas, yeah. you know? So Who knew? <laughs> where are you going to get your neck? Where are you going to get your next one? If you're not going to take a chance on original ideas, but they don't. They don't think that far in advance. Hollywood is kind of nearsighted. They really only worry about, you know, this month and next month and the next year, maybe. And, you know, I look at Marvel, man. They've got all their shit planned out for, you know, probably till 2050. Yeah. <laughs> but is it going to be great? You know, don't know. But, oh, I, uh, I, can, hopefully I can tell you it's probably it. not going to be great. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I think that most of the, I, personally, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed the most are smaller scale projects and and projects that go on one of these streaming services that don't have uh, you know a a monstrous budget i've been more impressed with that than uh, the sort of vanilla tentpole movie that has to play well in you know every market in the in the world absolutely there is a uh there's an interview with barry diller 
the Hollywood Reporter's uh, podcast is called The Business. Check that out. It's a two-parter. He talks about that. And he talks about how, you know, these things that Netflix is pumping out, they're just entertainment for an hour and a half, two hours, and they're gone. You know, they're not going to stick with you. Like that one, uh, The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. It was fun. And I liked it. You know, I mean, it, it, it fell apart in the third act, but uh, it didn't stick with me, you know, and maybe that's just because I'm watching on the small screen, too. You know, the, when it's on the big screen, there's an impact. It's almost like and I'm talking to Justin about this, too. It's like what we are dreaming about happening, what we want may no longer exist. You know, oh, yeah. we're not going to have the, uh, even half of the Steven Spielberg career. You know, we're that's just not out there anymore. We're not even going to be a David Fincher. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be probably Netflix artists or, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But, you know, you said something about, yeah, the, the, the fact that they not having money makes you more creative sometimes, you know, not having the money to do. I'm mean, look at Jaws, you know, I mean, the original Jaws, it, what made the movie better was the fact that the shark didn't work. Right. So it's like that kind of stuff happens. So you have to have those debates. You have to have those arguments. Arguments can make you more creative when that's what's good about me and Justin is because like, I'll write something. I'll be like, oh, Justin's going to love this. And he'll be co- he'll call back and go, you know, he'll go, no, nah, I hate this. And I'm like, and then we'll argue about it and it'll be better. And I get pissed at him because I'm like, you don't know shit, Justin. You're, <laughs> you know, you. And, but then it's like, okay, fine. I'll try another way, you know? And then we get there. So I, you know, me, I need somebody. I would, if I wrote something, I think it's brilliant. Uh, that, and, it's, you know, I make it, but it's not. So I need a Justin or somebody to go, you know, it's not that brilliant. <laughs> not that, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you back down to earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of what's going on with Disney these days is movies by committee. Oh. Mandalorian is definitely not. I mean, that's one that Favreau just, you know, I, I don't know how he got it through Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy, but uh, he did. <laughs> because he's Favreau. Because he's Favreau, yeah. And I yeah, guess he yeah. was. Like, He's, he's, uh, well, you know, the proof, the proof was in the, I think the proof was in the pudding in terms of the script. Obviously they, you know, they, they could look at that script and go, this is fun. I mean, it's got everything that star Wars. Had. I mean, just that, I think it was the first or second episode when he was battling with the Jawas. That was hilarious. <laughs> and it was yeah. fun, you know, and he got like, man, that feels like star Wars. You no, know? absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But, yeah. but, but the, the thing is, is it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's not what, Usually happens. I mean, I've I've right, heard. No, you're right. I've heard about the uh, what is it the um it was the the cap the Falcon and uh, uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, Winter Falcon Sol- yeah. and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I've heard it's just not not good. Um, it wasn't something that I I haven't got past the first episode or the second episode, so it wasn't something that you know like Wandavision actually was a tough one to get through two or three episodes, but I wanted to, you know, cause I'm like, something is here. There's something here. And this, yeah, the Falcon winter soldier was just more the same. It's just like, well, I don't think there's anything really here. That's going to knock my socks off, you know? Oh. And again, since we're streaming, you know, it's kind of like in the old days when you would go buy an album for one song, right? you know, and you're like, Oh, the rest of the album sucks, but I'm going to listen to the shit out of it until <laughs> I love it. Because yeah. I paid ten bucks for this whole album, you know. So it's kind of like that. We, you know, we're not investing anything in these shows as as consumers, you know. We're well, just, it's just we as well because they're not good. <laughs> yeah, that too. You know, which came first, you know. But yeah, so uh, it's just like, and that's what Barry Diller was talking about. He's like, there used to be a run up to these things. There used to be, you know, six months before the movie was out, you'd get a teaser trailer in the theater. 
you know, and then there'd be magazine articles and there'd be entertainment tonight reports from the set and stuff like that. And you don't get any of that with Netflix, you know, it's, uh, you know, may, if you, if you actually do the work and go to look to see what's coming up on Netflix, you might get a little, you know, a uh, poster or something to look at, but pretty much it's like new this week on Netflix, Netflix, the, yeah. uh, Tomorrow well, War. Like, where did this like, come oh, from? Yeah, that was a that was a yeah, Prime movie, Brad. but oh. but that was uh, a yeah. and you know oh, I have, it was you're right. Sorry, My but bad. I <laughs> I have to say I I didn't hate it, and I thought it was a uh, no, I didn't ba- hate it. Basically, what you said it, it was a uh, it was like okay, that was entertainment, and it didn't cha- it's not going to change the world. I will say the this. Whole- I just think I think the creatures were awesome in it. I really did yeah. think the creatures were great, and I loved how they yeah. kept it a kind of a secret for a while. Yeah, I think my problem was with it is that I thought the movie was over when they went to Antarctica and they had that whole sequence. <laughs> and if they would have George Lucas that and had that whole sequence going on at the same time as Chris Pratt was in the future, that would have been a hell of an ending, you know? Oh, wow. Have, that, have those, those, those two things going back and forth, you know? Uh, that, and it wouldn't have felt as long. That's a great it really point. Did feel, it really did feel like, I, th- I thought the movie was over. I'm like, oh, wow, there's a whole half an hour left yeah. of this thing you know that we're gonna go are we, we're gonna do this okay i'll, I'll keep watching <laughs> you know and that part wasn't as exciting as the rest of the movie you know it was kind of like let's just wrap it up eventually you know just get there <clears throat> so. okay so why why was that i just want to dig in a little bit on this because i i agree with you and i remember um i don't know if it was you we talked to about this or we talked to somebody about jaws and uh where basically when the and the first viewing of Jaws, when the head pops out of the um, the bottom of the boat, everybody jumps. Mm-hmm. So so you only get one of them. Yeah, you only get one. So he tried to put another yeah. one in. He goes, nope, nobody cared. So I'm yeah, wondering, right. you know, I so I know there's a there's something there's a reason why were we just were you fatigued over all it? I mean, because of the ending, it felt like I was really ready to wrap it up. I was ready. To, let's let's close this yeah, thing down. Yeah, it just well, it's you know, it's movies. It's a rhythm and it's a feeling, you know, as an editor, you got to know. It's like, okay, when to, you know, when to take your bow, when to get out of there. And I just, another movie like that, which comes to mind to me is The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. It's a great movie. But then there's that whole chase sequence and Provasic and the whole, you know, that feels like it's the last 30 minutes of the movie that didn't need to be there. You know, you, he found the one-armed man. He got him. That was in the movie, right? Yeah, uh, a minority, minority Report does the same thing. The movie could have ended right there, but they decide to take it and just go too far. I don't know if they want to give us our money's worth and make us sit in the theater longer, but you know, <laughs> I'm happier watching an 80, 90 minute movie that's satisfying than watching a, a two hour movie that feels like three hours. And, um, and from a, if you're thinking about the, and it's kind of hard to think how they think about the the the, the uh, business of it, but before they mm-hmm. wanted it to be ninety minutes because then they could show more showings. Yeah. So right, yeah. adding another half an hour doesn't help them in terms of profitability on that first and second, third, right. well, first and yeah. second weekend. I just think that, yeah, I think that either either it's they don't have as much story to tell as they think they do, or they want to give us more bang for the buck, but it's not even enough. You know what I mean? If it, to me, if the movie feels like it's over, but yet you've got a half an hour to go, then you've done something wrong in your editing or something. And not that I'm a genius, you know, or not that I could fix that problem. But it's like I said, just looking at the Tomorrow War, I would think the easy fix for that would be to somehow rewrite your script to where, you know, that sequence in Antarctica or wherever it was is happening at the same time that they're fighting the aliens in the future with his daughter. You know, I mean, to me, that would be 
the perfect fix for that movie. Because then it wouldn't feel like, okay, this part of the movie's done, but we got one more part we got to show you, you know? And that's really how it felt. You know, like just, I remember when he goes, they talk about going to Antarctica. I'm thinking to myself, really? There's a whole other sequence coming here? I thought it was over, you know? But, well, so. there's some of it was just so telegraphed, it wasn't even funny. Like the little kid where they, you yeah. know, early on they make you know that this kid just loves volcanoes. And then at the end, they're like, oh, so we're going to talk to this kid about volcanoes. Yeah, of right. course you are. I mean, that was just so obvious. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things yeah. you have to turn an eye on. Uh, one thing I would right. say about this, too, is you look at um, like Miami Vice, uh, Bad Boys 2, where they switch directors. And it just went to crap, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm wondering, maybe yeah. something like that happened. Maybe there was a, you know, they got pissed at the director. They got somebody else. Said, well, let's do it this way. Let's yeah. end this way. So you never know. Or they yeah, you never know. I still would love. I yeah. Honestly, I'd still like to see what the uh, what Lord and uh, what's her name? I'm sorry, Lord and the guys that did Lego and Miller, uh, the Fighter Universe, Lord and Lord Millard. And Miller. Yeah, yeah. I want to see what they were going to do with Solo. I would love to see that. You know, I mean, because they those were the guys that were uh, originally making Solo, if I remember right, and then they yeah. fired him and wow. brought went Ron to Howard, uh, Ron Howard, which was a more traditional, obviously, filmmaking. You know, but I bet they were doing something funny and creative. You know, something good. It should have been fun. You know, I, but, and it wasn't bad. I didn't, I didn't hate Solo at all. I liked it, but it's you know, I liked it better than any of the prequels. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, hopefully that stuff comes out. I, I actually. I do this thing that people used to do all the time. It's called reading and it's fun. <laughs> so I don't mind if they come out with like this. This is the script, you know, and this is this yeah. is how it went. We I remember for a while we were going uh we were going to the comic store every month because they were putting out the Star Wars. So it was yeah, the original. Yeah, I got I got the first one. I haven't finished those yet. I mean it's been what, ten years, so I'm probably not gonna but <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan, yeah. but it was fun to see it. You know, it was fun to see yeah, exactly. what yeah, they exactly. made it just, a lot wanna... the script was a lot better uh, the shooting script got was a lot better than the original draft. <laughs> right, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you did, have you guys seen that they put out a series of those pop you know those pop figures? Yeah. Of Ralph Ralph McQuarrie, um pre-production art like no. you can get luke star killer or whatever as a pop figure you really? can get the darth vader the one that looked really more menacing you know and everything yeah they're out there uh stormtroopers too with the lightsabers they had you know those pre-production art oh wow yeah that's pretty cool i like those so you know, I'm trying desperately not to collect anything, but I've noticed that. Uh, <laughs> but I've noticed those uh, those pops. You know, when you get them signed, the the price the yeah. price goes out the roof, through the roof. That's right. it. That's the saying: through the roof, out <clears throat> in <laughs> right over. Yeah, yeah. Those things are. I, I can't believe they've lasted as long as they have. Too. I figured they would lose their popularity, but they're still. I I think one of the things that people like about them is they're square and they stack very well. <laughs> so you can have a display of them very easily on your wall. Other than that, I don't know why. You can't play with them. They don't seem like they're not fun to me, but I would love to, now that you've mentioned those McCreary things, I'd kind of like to see them. So. I think I got a couple I, when I was subscribed to uh, Loot Crate. Oh, Loot Crate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of, uh, I think there was a couple Star Wars in there, but I'm not a collector. I think I've got a Mr. Pat- what they call it, Mr. Potato Head, uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's like, right. Uh, that's about my extent of the Star Wars collecting. And I used to love it when I was a kid. I used to really love Star Wars, and Disney bought it. <laughs> and then not so much. But, Gary, what, what are some of the m- movies that you're looking forward to watching that you've heard about and you said, I can't wait to see that? 
Dune is probably the biggest one I'm looking forward to. Uh, my all-time favorite book. Love the book. I've read it two or three times. Probably read it again before the movie comes out. And I'm, I'm not too thrilled with the cast of this one. I know most people probably are all psyched about it, but I'm not. Because <laughs> like Jason Momoa is not going to be Duncan Idaho. He's going to be Jason Momoa. You know, and uh, J- Josh Brolin, you know, he's going to be Josh Brolin. <laughs> he's not going to be Gurney Halleck. You know, the, the cast of the original one that we'll call the original one, which was, uh, you know, David Lynch was Patrick Stewart as Gurney Halleck, Richard Jordan as Duncan Idaho. And, you know, these were these were actors. You right. Know? And not yeah. that these guys aren't actors, but they're more personalities than actors. You know, like the difference between Kenneth Branagh and Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> you know. You know, Kenneth is an actor and Stallone's a personality, a celebrity, whatever. Sure. So, um, yeah. So, you know, Timothy Chalamet is an interesting choice for Paul. He's certainly younger than, you know, the David Lynch version with Kyle MacLachlan. Uh, but I think he was supposed to be younger in the movie so, or in the book. So that's good. I don't know about the Zendaya. We'll see. You know, but I, I trust the filmmaker, though. I trust Denis Villeneuve. Is that how it's pronounced? Villeneuve. Yeah. Villeneuve. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he did great things with uh, Blade Runner, you know, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, and honestly, even though I think that Matrix 2 and 3 were probably two of the worst sequels ever made, I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to They didn't to the exist. They, they're yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a collective hallucination. Now, there was the oh, Animatrix oh God, that was good, but yeah, the other ones never happened. Some- so I'll take that. Gary, I'm looking for, you know, I love Star Wars. I think it's a great, uh, well, I loved part of star wars but i'm looking for another gary a gary wood piece you know i'm really looking for uh something new from you so uh i'm really hoping we're working on i can't talk about that right now but we are i'm finishing up a script right now that hopefully if this lands it'll put us in the big leagues so it would be a netflix movie probably um maybe get some movie distribution i doubt it probably go right to netflix but again (laughs) Yeah, if it happens, <laughs> we've been here before, and uh, but this one actually feels right. This one feels like it's going to happen. So once uh, once I can talk about it, I'll definitely uh, you know give you a call. It's going to be it's with it's with someone that you're. Uh, uh, it'll be connected to someone who's very big with Netflix and a very big comedy movie maker. So ah, that's all I can say. Well, that could be you several know, people, but I'm liking that already. You know who he is? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Obama at first, but then, yeah, you know, he's not so much comedy. Well, I don't know. I don't want to go into that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we've uh, taken up far too much of your time, but absolutely. Um, we definitely, I definitely thanks. want to talk to you again. This has been a blast. Yeah. As always. Thanks for letting me, uh, thanks for letting me be your first repeat. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll always have that. No that, one can take that away from me. That's yours, Gary. You can have that. <laughs> and, and I'm going to almost put, I'm always going to put money on it. I can't put money on it because I don't have any money. But if I had money to put on it, I would say you're going to be our first repeat as well. So, <laughs> yes. I'm holding it. I'm holding it to that. Damn, I knew I should have said that out loud. I might get a, I, I might get a cup of coffee out of that. Woo! Almost. Hey, hey. Yeah. Don't think Starbucks. <laughs> think think McDonald's, okay? But And maybe you will. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, guys, man. I love talking to you guys. You guys are a lot of fun. So oh, yeah. It was a blast. Again. All right. Absolutely. All right, hey, man, guys. Go, I want you all, everybody that's listening, go out and find Saving Star Wars on YouTube. Watch that movie and then be ready for the, the sequel coming up. All right, Gary, have a good one. All right, guys. Later, later on, man. Bye. Right. See you, see you Talk movie. to you later. Absolutely. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late Catch a ride somewhere else Catch a ride Catch a ride somewhere else